It is Monday. It is June 7th. And the word of the day is agathocacological, which means composed of both good and evil. Used in a sentence, a neo-Nazi parade and a counter-protest considered as a single event is agathocacological, but it's super clear how the heterogeneous mixture lines up sidewise. <laughs> I think we need a new subset of agathocacological to cover only situations where the heterogeneous components are easily identifiable, <laughs> right? Like, say, the highly agathocacological 2020 election featuring the agathocacological highest turnout in America. Enormous history. turnout, yeah. And I'm no illusions. I'm Andrew Torres. I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Dallas will host the political suicide squad. <laughs> My unrequited crush on Liz Warren continues. Yeah. And we talk about Andrew's colleague as a <sighs> member of the bar, Sidney Powell. <laughs> Se- several, first, actually. <laughs> the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow Skeptocrats, No Illusions, and Andrew Torres. So normally we do a little quippy moment here at the beginning. But we're going to skip that today and wish a big happy pride to all the listeners from the LGBTQ community. Woo! I am actually out here in San Francisco specifically to attend the historic first ever San Francisco Giants Pride Night at Oracle Park. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm in the exact opposite of San Francisco in case somebody needs to vote <laughs> against a bill that would make it illegal for water droplets to refract light into a spectrum. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't say that too We're much. all We're doing close. our part, man. All doing We're our close. part. <laughs> don't, don't say stuff like that. Okay. In our lead story tonight, the Omni Hotel in Dallas, Texas, hosted a giant gathering of... QAnon Trumpy Republicans for the saddest <laughs> holiday weekend ever. And it went about as well as the last time Texas had a big Trump rally and immediately sank a bunch of boats on Lake Travis. <laughs> that was so good. So uh, apparently the QAnon people kind of lost focus on Hillary Clinton's secret cabal of cannibalistic kid fucking i, I guess you got to pick your battles they're they're working on something else now <laughs> yeah basements how the fuck do they work anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so basically this gathering was like the texas of texas <laughs> the texas of ted cruz is the ted cruz of texas texas mm-hmm. yes so now instead of the hillary clinton thing again they're picking their battles they're mostly concerned with Trump getting posthumously foiled by Hugo Chavez in the 2020 election. (laughs) And also they're concerned with God and also, of course, the extent to which they're being detained. Mm -hmm. The conference was called For God and Country Patriot (laughs) Roundup. Jesus Christ. And and it featured the biggest names on the opening arguments word cloud, (laughs) including Michael Flynn, George Papadopoulos, Lynn Wood, and... Sidney Powell. Mm -hmm. Ah, the Forgotten Country Patriot Roundup. Two of us have been indicted, and two of us have been sanctioned in open court. But which ones? (laughs) Yeah. Well, answer quick before that joke ages out, too, by the way. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) So, apparently a big draw for the conference goers was Michael Flynn. In case anyone missed it, he was part of Trump's campaign team in 2016. He was Trump's national security advisor for a month after the inauguration. And he was a very literal foreign agent yep. 
by yeah. his own admission, starting in March of 2017. But but retroactive to all the yeah. foreign agent stuff he already he did. He was a retroactive foreign agent. Exactly. Retroactively. And Flynn pleaded guilty after he got caught lying to the FBI about his involvement in Russia's operation to interfere with the 2016 election, which eventually got Trump elected so that Trump could then pardon Michael Flynn. That is a real series of events that led to nobody getting in trouble yet. Yep. Oh, yeah. And and don't forget that Trump first tried appointing his evil henchman as attorney general and directing the prosecutors to drop the case against Michael Flynn. You know, the one where he pled guilty, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? So That's that he wouldn't need to be pardoned. That led all of the line prosecutors to resign in protest, get replaced by toadies, and led the judge to invite lawyers who podcast and vet dick jokes for a living to opine as to whether the DOJ could do that. And we told him they couldn't. And he listened and cited us in the opinion. And then Trump pardoned Michael Flynn anyway. Sorry, I'm gonna I'll just be over here crying for the rest of the Yeah, yeah. but in theory it works. Yeah. You're like you're that. a friend of the court, but not like a great friend. You're <laughs> yeah. like a side yeah. amicus. No benefits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, none. <laughs> And on top of all that, by the way, Michael Flynn also starred in a blockbuster movie earlier this year <laughs> with the My Pillow guy and a blurred out fart witness. <laughs> so, with all those accolades, everyone at the event in Dallas was swarming Michael Flynn and taking really sad selfies with Michael Flynn at a bar in Texas. The Dallas Morning News actually requested an interview with Flynn. But a conference organizer told him that Mr. Flynn, quote, definitely doesn't want to talk to a reporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's something innocent people say all the time. Yeah. A lot of innocent <laughs> people, they just definitely don't want to talk to a reporter. Plus, he was also busy. Flynn was busy that weekend. He was helping lead an auction for a giant American flag quilt with the letter Q on it. Jesus. That's a real thing they did. <sighs> Auctioning off an American flag, Mikey? Really? <laughs> Are you just trying to put political cartoonists out of business by giving them photographs? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I could draw this, I guess. <sighs> you put little captions? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, who the fuck would want a quilt on their bed that's branded with a conspiracy about kid fucking? That's insane. <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> and the answer is a Republican. Yeah, Definitely a Republican. Right. Yeah. That's who wanted it. Somebody bought that thing. And that brings us to Sidney Powell, Andrew's colleague uh, of the law. She was scheduled to give a talk about, I I'm assuming, some sort of, you know, topic. But... <laughs> Early on, she got an applause break for some stupid generic GOP talking point that she said, and she got super excited by that. So it turned into an entire presentation made of crowd work, <laughs> except she has no idea what that really means. So it was just a like a Republican buzzword pep rally for the rest of her time. Like, Basic freedoms. Woo! Bootstraps, woo! Wrap around sunglasses, woo! <laughs> Everybody going nuts, just saying one thing at a time. So dumb. And then she explained that Donald Trump can just get reinstated into the White House 
using this one yeah. simple <laughs> trick in the Constitution. I don't know. Andrew doesn't know about this trick. Only Sidney Powell does. She's a good lawyer. Well, you, you just tell Joe Biden to move out. And that's it. Trump moves back in. Oh, that's wait. The and then trick. he would be in the White House. Yeah. Right. It Physically. Was, it's like base. <laughs> yep. They would have the flag. Look, I mean, the... The people she's talking to are self-selected for still thinks Jesus is coming back. Like, I can see why they're still <laughs> leaning into this. No, no, he'll be back any day now. Any day he'll be president. Yeah. And one other thing about Sidney Powell's talk. <laughs> she she clearly wanted to play to the crowd, so she wore a black leather biker vest. What with like fuck? With, like, whatever patches her personal assistant could find at Hot Topic yeah, that flare. morning to there put on. There was literal it. flair on this, yeah. <laughs> there were I don't think she had 17 pieces, but there was a bunch of flair. But here's the thing. She's also wearing, like, a nice silk shirt and mm -hmm. a pair of, like sensible pleated slacks from Eddie Bauer under the biker vest. <laughs> she looked like the valet at a Michelin star biker bar. It made <laughs> no sense. <laughs> I was thinking wear biker, but you know, that, that would, oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but, but fun fact, I've invited Sydney Powell to sue opening arguments, media LLC on Twitter so many times that she's actually blocked us. Nice. Good job. That's yeah. badge I of think, honor right yeah, there. Yeah, I feel good. Blocked by Sidney Bell. So this whole thing is terrifying. QAnon, it's not just a tiny fringe like I'd like it to be. 30% of Republicans believe in Hillary's Illuminati kid fucking ring or whatever goes along with QAnon. And 53% of Republicans still believe that Trump won the election in 2020. So they're idiots, which is terrifying, but they're also idiots, which is comforting. Mm -hmm. And they had, I love this, they had a convention for their team that lost. It's its like having a ticker tape parade for second place in World War II. <laughs> and the parade route ends at the Nuremberg trials, as it turns out. Listen, okay, I know it's, I just went Godwin there. I know it's nothing like that in so many ways. But it's a tiny bit like it is, that. It's, it's more it's like a little that bit than like they that. want it to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's more like having an entire region of the country erect monuments and name important buildings after treasonous uh. losers <laughs> who seceded from the country and lost a civil war. Or a whole religion you know. that would have the symbol yeah. of, of the thing that was used to kill the <laughs> god. What is with that? Oh. oh, man. Okay. IP Vanish is going to love this segue. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> For a word from IP Vanish. Heath, Noah, come on in. Hey, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for seeing us, man. Oh, uh, you, you, you guys are just gonna calmly sit down in separate chairs. That's refreshing. Look, what, what, what can I do for you? Well, okay, so it's about Eli's computer. Uh, got it. I will get the magnet hammer out of storage. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, it's good to have that ready, but it's nothing illegal. It's just wildly embarrassing. Oh, oh, yeah. Then he should get IP Vanish. What's IP Vanish? IP Vanish is the virtual private network, a VPN for short. It's a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. Oh, I've actually heard of that. You get anonymous IP addresses, so your personal IP address can't be tracked by anyone. 
and you get protection when you're on public Wi-Fi, um, kind of like the one we have at our shared buddy house in this sketch universe, and it let us snoop on Eli's activity when he connected. But with IP Vanish, all his data would have been encrypted. And they have 24-7 support, and you can email, chat, or even call if you have any kind of problem. Yeah, and if anyone wants IP Vanish, they're offering an incredible 65% off right now. It's only $3.49 for the first month or $31.49 for the year. Just go to ipvanish.com slash skeptocrat. IP Vanish is the best of the best. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot with more than 6,000 reviews. And they're a repeat sponsor. So I'm thinking we show these guys some love, uh, especially Eli. All right, I'm sold. Where should we go? That's ipvanish.com slash skeptocrat to get that deal and start protecting yourself online. So, guys. What were those wildly embarrassing sites that Eli was visiting? Uh, I don't think he'd want you to hear them. He'd be, I, I don't he'd think be mortified. he'd want that. Oh, come on. It's just us here. Okay, okay. Just between the three of us and absolutely nobody else. And this is just from yesterday, by the way. He went to pretendingimvegan.com. Mm-hmm. He went to, uh, of course, sparksnote.com slash Proust. Yeah, he Googled Magnum Condoms Just the Rappers. And then made a pledge to Jordan Peterson on Patreon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, look, we, we will just keep this between the three of us. Um, anything else before you go? Uh, nope. That's we're, it. We're all set. You, you, you sure? Yep. Yeah, good to go. All set. I, it just, it feels like something inappropriate is supposed to happen, you know, but we're all being high status characters. Yeah. No, you make a good point. Um, you want us to like break uh, a chair or something? Oh, oh, could you? Mm, hmm. Be out of character. I'll tell you what. Right. I- I'll push it askew from how it was facing, like that. There, it's askew. Okay, I got to put it back. Oh, I got to put it back. That's God, crazy. That was uh, killing we me. are That's living nuts. in a society, people. And we're back. And in this is why you guys have me on the show news. Uh, <laughs> sure America's is. dumbest pillow salesman. And God, what I wouldn't give to live in a country where we all don't instantly know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So true story, though. One of my proudest titles as a voice in the atheist movement is that I believe I was the first person to call out what a jackass Mike Lindell was. Episode 240 of The Scathing Atheist, September of 2017. I did a whole fucking diatribe about it. I, what I'm trying to say is I hated that motherfucker before it was cool. <laughs> no, I hated that guy on <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> Yeah, that is that is one hundred percent fact. Anyway, long-standing frenemy of Puzzle in a Thunderstorm LLC, Mike Lindell filed a lawsuit against Dominion, Smartmatic, International Holdings, BV, SGO Corporation Limited. That's all real. The Soros Foundation, the Trilateral Commission, <laughs> the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, and Comic Ping Pong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because including Old Testament God for the whole. Judaism thing that would have been a bit litigious mm-hmm. and you know of course that can easily get misinterpreted as anti-semitic they wouldn't want that <laughs> M- miss anyway look, <laughs> the lawsuit alleges six separate causes of action including abuse of process defamation and various conspiracy claims but look it's really based on two arguments that are 
searching for the right legal terminology for this. So fucking stupid that I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> even to describe them to you. Yeah, and, and consider, listener, what it takes to embarrass the guy who volunteered to defend Eli's jokes in court should that ever yep. be necessary. Yeah, right. that's, that's true. Look, okay, so the first argument is that because, statistically and scientifically speaking, Dominion voting machines can be hacked under certain laboratory conditions that, by the way, did not occur during the 2020 mm. election, obviously, right? It means it can't be defamation to repeat over and over again in two feature-length movies that those machines obviously were hacked. I uh, actually believe the term is docu-movie. <laughs> yeah, this is roughly the same order of argument as saying, because it's possible to have sex with a corpse, it's not defamation for us to state as a matter of fact that Eli dug up the decomposing body of Marshall <laughs> Affleck. You, know, you know what? You know what? I'm going to find a better example. Anyway, my point <laughs> is, it's still a super bad argument. Pretty right? bad, yeah. That's right. Eli Bosnick's penis is now made of antimatter, and we will sue him if he tries to deny it. That <laughs> happened in the laboratory. That's official. The second argument is, uh, if you can believe this, even worse. I it, love it this is. so much. Uh, uh, and I am not making this up, that because Dominion voting machines were used to tabulate votes... And because voting is a thing that governments do, that means Dominion actually is the government. Right? What? Now, I, now I know so what you're thinking. I, you're thinking, look, Andrew, you're a reasonably funny guy for a lawyer. You've come on the guest show. You're d exaggerating for delightful comic effect. I, I swear. Well, first, <laughs> he's not. Th thank you, imaginary guy in my head. Second, no. Uh, this is exactly the way I would describe this lawsuit on opening arguments, right? Let, let's quote from paragraph 37. And remember, this is their words, right? They got this to pick amazing. these. They didn't, yeah. even, they, like, they didn't even have to like say this off the cuff in court. They got to yeah. choose these words. Yeah. <laughs> quote, as a result of Dominion's contracts with government entities, it is delegated responsibility to administer public elections, including the elections of individuals to serve at a constitutionally prescribed office, a core governmental function. Boy, wow. I mean, like by that argument, filing paperwork to a court makes Mike Lindell the government <laughs> too, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> So I just second, I'm filing suit against a jar of Skittles from an Iowa caucus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the jar of Skittles is Emperor Palpatine <laughs> and is staging a coup. So not, not a dumber argument, right? Like, that, thankfully, <laughs> explaining things is not a core government function. We'd be the government now, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, this theory is so stupid that Alan Dershowitz has endorsed it. Um, after Lindell's check cleared, I imagine. <laughs> Honestly, the most surprising part is that Lindell's check cleared from everything <laughs> said. Yeah, I guess catering to the padded room crowd is pretty profitable when you're selling the padding. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, if you've ever heard me talk about lawsuits before, you know that I recommend you read them backwards, starting from the signature block, right? And this little beauty ends with a signature block from Alec J. Beck, from the Minneapolis office of Barnes and Thornburg LLP. And as it turns out, I, I have a friend at Barnes and Thornburg LLP. Like they are a huge nationwide law firm with like 700 lawyers in 19 different offices across the country. They have their own Wikipedia page. What the hell are they doing representing a complete lunatic like Mike Lindell? Yeah. Big law firms are normally super ethical about this <laughs> stuff. <That is laughs> Why would weird. they? A guy with 300 
million dollars. So strange. But I feel like you were doing a rhetorical thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, can you what are they doing representing Mike Lindell? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Heath. And the answer to that question is firing the rogue partner who went and signed this complaint without informing his fellow partners or the management committee. Okay. All right. Good job. Yeah. The very next morning, the Barnes and Thornburg Twitter account put out this little press release via tweet. Quote, late last night, firm management became aware that a Minneapolis firm lawyer filed a complaint as local counsel in federal district court without receiving firm authorization pursuant to internal firm approval procedures. <laughs> firm management took action immediately. The firm has withdrawn as local counsel in this matter and ended the client relationship. And the attorney representing the client in this matter is uh, no longer with this firm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. One ethics point. Fine. Good job, guys. <laughs> But that was some gutter guards morality right there. Like that's not that impressive. <laughs> uh, but 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 like that's I, I guess that's probably how a lot of successful lawsuits start, though, huh, Andrew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, before becoming apparently a complete lunatic, Beck was a respected lawyer. I love how you hmm. pretend those are mutually exclusive there. Go ahead, <laughs> All right, fair, fair, fair. Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't have to come back for these. <laughs> uh, Beck was quoted in an article by the Society for Human Resource Management on voting in October of 2020. And what he didn't say was, our voting has been outsourced to the ghost of Hugo Chavez. And your vote won't matter and we should riot and blow shit up. Because Trump hadn't lost yet, right? Instead, what he said was the the rather more lawyerly sounding voting by mail is widely available this year. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, though, like that was before our voting was outsourced to the ghost of Hugo Chavez. Like once he learned all the new shit. <laughs> Good point. And, and, and as a result, Beck is going to stay on the winning team. He filed paperwork with the court noting that he is now Alec Beck, attorney at law, operating out of a P.O. box in Minneapolis. <laughs> and with the email address, <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite email address. Becklaw2021 at gmail.com. So it was, was kind of nice of him to put the date of his disbarment right there. In the email. <laughs> um, I, I, I will just add, uh, as a matter of curiosity, that Beck was not able to secure Becklaw.com. And Becklaw2021.com is open for anyone, even Eli, to register. <laughs> oh, no shit. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our second sponsor, BetterHelp. Hey, podcast listener. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? If it was a torn ACL, for example, you'd definitely go to the doctor. Well, your brain is part of your body, too. Sometimes it's not quite as obvious like the ACL thing, but mental health is hugely important. And if you think you might want some professional care for your brain meat, BetterHelp is a great way to find it. They'll assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And they have a broad range of expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. Maybe you want a counselor who's secular or LGBTQ affirming or sex work positive. They have you covered. And they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. 
Just visit BetterHelp.com slash Skeptocrat. That's BetterHelp. And join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Skeptocrat. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Attacks of the Clones news. Ooh, good. Well played. <laughs> Very well played. Better than the movie anyway. So you know how the G7 <laughs> is always doing ethical, useful stuff that benefits the common man? You know, actually, um, let me I'm going to just come in a different way. Yeah, yeah, start, so, start again. Um, you know how non-binding agreements on tax policy are always so newsworthy? Oh, okay, yeah, uh, mean, different tech, different tech. I mean, we're nerds. Yeah. Um, you know how corporations celebrating changes to corporate tax rates that specifically target them is usually a sign of progress? <laughs> you got oh, this. You okay, got this. all right, one more time. Um, you know how news about prospective treaties on taxation are always so rife with humor potential? Well, this oh. story is like that. You know... Money, you know, <laughs> yeah, capitalism in the world, it. money, wealth of nations, Adam Smith. Go ahead. Yeah. So over the weekend, the nations represented at the G7 summit, that's Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, the US and not Russia, motherfuckers reached a deal <laughs> to enact a floor on the taxes paid by corporations worldwide. And even though the number they agreed on is lower than the current corporate tax rate in any of those countries, and even though tax haven countries have already said this deal can go and fuck itself, and even though there's virtually no fucking way it's going to make it all the way to being enacted, I'm pretty sure this actually does represent an important step forward. Okay, it sounds like it represents us renovating a step that's behind us on the stairway and doing a big ribbon-cutting ceremony facing <laughs> backwards. But yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, recognizing the problem is good, I guess. You know, step one of 12. That's, that's <laughs> I, I, I thought step one was denial. Oh, well, yeah, that okay. might be. 17. We'll do the five I, griefs yeah. and then <laughs> the 12 steps. I have a feeling it's going to be more than 17 steps. All right, yeah. so obviously the goal here is to tackle the tragedy of the commons problem that arises with corporate tax rates. So, like... It's in every individual nation's interest for the corporate tax rate to be as high as possible without bankrupting the corporations. This just in, no illusions, blast Republicans for not being self-interested and nationalist. <laughs> That's enough. right. Anyway, anyway. Did, yeah, you motherfucker. I'm supporting the troops over here, motherfucker. It's about what the economy, doing? stupid so, Republicans. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to the tragedy of the commons. Sorry yeah, so that's the goal of the nations, but it's in each individual country's best interest to lower their tax rates to lure more corporations to their country. Because you know, like 12.5% of some is more than 21% of nothing. Of course, the end result is a race to the bottom where each country is trying to underbid the others. And this has been going on pretty much as long as any of us have been alive. And that's at least partially why Amazon paid less taxes than you did in 2018. OK, guys, we're not going to increase the tax on any corporations right now. But but we're sort of considering not hiding blood diamonds and orphan tears for Amazon. Exactly. <laughs> as well, much as yeah, much well, right, in yeah, these yeah. seven countries. <laughs> there's okay, what we're saying is there's a line in the sand for how many blood diamonds and orphan tears we're willing to hide for Amazon. <laughs> You're welcome, the people. There, there you go. go. Yeah, right. So okay, though the idea of enacting an international minimum corporate tax, in addition to being common fucking sense, has, has also been a priority of the Biden administration, like a stated priority. Because the next big agenda item on Biden's plate is an infrastructure bill that they're planning to pay for with a hike in corporate tax rates that would partially undo the fucking federal fire sale that Trump enacted in 2017. 
the chief argument against doing that is that it just encourages companies to relocate to countries with lower taxes, thus leading to a you know like less tax revenue overall, which isn't fucking true, right? Like we have plenty of data. Yeah, like right. if, if that was true, there would have been an influx of corporations moving to America after 2017, and there wasn't. Did that happen? No. Right. There's data, but it's okay. still the chief argument, and progress towards a minimum corporate tax undercuts it. Yeah. I'd also, I think it's important to point out that. When you say relocate, people are probably thinking, you know, pack up, physically move, get those boxes, maybe open a factory in the new country. But what it really means <laughs> is pay a lawyer to file a piece of paper, right? Right. It's Have not a high phone. bar, and it still does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, this is step one of a million or 17 or whatever it turns out to be. The, the, the proposed minimum tax is 15 percent, which is significantly lower than the current tax rate in any of the G7 countries. Uh, there's also a ton of shit in the current agreement that would allow European countries more latitude in taxing American companies on profits that they make overseas, which is going to serve as a great talking point to rile up Republicans. Right. Like, oh, we're surrendering tax dollars to them damn socialists in the country of Europe. And, and since any change to taxation would have to go through Congress and. Since treaties need a two-thirds majority in the Senate and, and no country in their right fucking mind is going to trust the next Republican administration to honor any treaty at all anyway, there's a lot of reasons to dismiss this as a meaningless step. But keep in mind that we're also talking about corporations uprooting here or paying a lawyer to file a piece of paper, which is often as expensive as opening a factory. Um, and, and they can't do like this doesn't happen in an afternoon. Uh, this often takes years. Uh, it's a several years process for them to do this. So even progress towards this goal matters. If corporations generally believe we're heading this way or could be, it acts as a deterrent to relocation, even in the absence of real action. And threat of potential action is about as much as you can realistically hope out of the world governments these days. So. So if I understand that correctly, Noah, what you're saying is, thanks to exorbitantly high legal fees, we're making real progress. Well, you're you're welcome. Man. You're welcome. <laughs> On I behalf appreciate of it. lawyers everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and in troops, I did it again. News. <laughs> nice. The Republican Party had a rough time last week. The Loser-themed convention in Dallas actually might have been their highlight. We got to watch a tragic farce of escalating failures by the shockingly stupid conservative talking heads of America. That includes Matt Schlapp, Matt Gates, and Dinesh D'Souza getting tricked into promoting an assassin on Twitter. It includes Candace Owens getting tricked by those three idiots getting tricked into revealing her ignorance of history. <laughs> and it includes Fox News trying to shame Kamala Harris for not being patriotic enough and having it backfire in their stupid, cold, dead hands. It was fucking delightful, this whole thing. <laughs> the, the hardest part of making fun of Republican pundits for a living is that it so often puts us in direct competition with themselves, right? They always get a head start. <laughs> All right, let's start with the idiots on Twitter. And by idiots, I mean an accused pedophile rapist, a convicted felon, and the chairman of a conference with a stage that was shaped like a literal Nazi rune. Uh, and things? also they're idiots. That's what I mean when I yeah. say idiots. No, have it, they, their idiocy has risen to the level of the idiots on Twitter. That's no small feat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so it all started 
when journalist and hero of the internet, <laughs> Ken Klippenstein, <laughs> sent out tweets to Gates, D'Souza, and Schlapp. They all said, Dear Sir, my grandpa is a big fan of yours, and he's a veteran. He would be thrilled if you could retweet this photo of him for Memorial Day. Here he is as a young private first class. Happy Memorial Day. American flag emoji? Flexing bicep emoji? Statue of Liberty emoji? Bald eagle emoji? He sent that to all three of them. No eggs. And all three idiots very happily made the retweets. And the photo they retweeted was Lee Harvey Oswald back when he was a U.S. Marine. <laughs> and, then, and then 15 seconds after Gates' retweet, uh, Rudy Giuliani took his pants off. <laughs> he, he once ran a cybersecurity firm. Sure did. He once said, I stored my information in the cloud and motioned to the skies as he was describing it. Ran a cybersecurity firm. That guy. Yep. So when prominent political figures retweet a presidential assassin thanking him for his service, (laughs) it's going to catch the eye. It's going to get a little attention on the Internet. Mm -hmm. But Candace Owens did not find that funny. Apparently, she's one of those, you know, woke, virtue-signaling conservative commentators who's all about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. So she scolded Klippenstein, telling him, quote, you do not Photoshop murderers into a soldier's uniform so you can have a laugh. (laughs) Whatever. You, You didn't know that. It's fine. You didn't know that Oswald was Marine, maybe. But just do a casual Google before you make a comment. Yeah, so she's, dumb. <laughs> she's like, no, I said you don't do that. I was admitting that he didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the saddest part is that in order to find a murderer in uniform that the GOP wouldn't willingly not only retweet but recruit to run for office, Klippenstein <laughs> had to go back six decades. Oh, wow. <laughs> he had to dig. And that brings us to my favorite part of the GOP's weekend of failure. It started with a tweet from Kamala Harris that said, enjoy the long weekend, which might sound completely innocuous because it is. But fortunately for America, Fox News, they're masters of subtext. Mm -hmm. They, They dug right in. And we learned that Kamala's tweet actually said, if you read the subtext, enjoy the long weekend, fuck the troops, I'm glad they died. I prefer soldiers who don't die. That was all between the lines. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, so Fox News immediately responded, calling it disgusting disrespect. Enjoy the long weekend, they called it that. And then 22 minutes later, Fox News literally tweeted, quote, cheers, Memorial Day weekend cocktail trends <laughs> with recipes for like mint juleps and watermelon mojitos and shit. Yeah, well, and then they went back to sucking off a guy who called dead troops suckers as a business model. Yeah, sure did. Heath, did you get that watermelon mojito recipe? I could, yeah, I could that sounds too. I just, I, we'll get one that's we'll get one that's not from Fox News. Yeah, a non-fascist watermelon mojito. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, just a quick tuck your face before we wrap it up. That's important. Tucker Carlson sat down in his Unabomber steam room that he uses for a set sometimes and opened up his Memorial Day episode by denigrating the U.S. military. Oddly enough, 
no complaints about that from any conservatives or Fox News where his job is. It's almost like they're holding the shitty white guy to a different standard than the highly intelligent yeah. woman of color. Uh, uh. Like, if I didn't know how tough they are based on the very impressive torque of their pickup trucks, I'd say <laughs> Kamala's entire existence in a position of power is terrifying to these Republican snowflakes on a daily basis, and they live in constant fear. But, you know, the torque, so right. it can't be that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's almost as if spending three decades vilifying the last ambitious smart woman in high-level national politics somehow, you know, paid off for them or something. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and in I Still Love Liz Warren news, Liz Warren and and Bernie Sanders, so you can still love him too. I love both of you. They were instrumental. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Liz. <laughs> we know they're listeners. They were instrumental in the removal of Trump lackey William Dunkey as chair of the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, that's the PCAOB, at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. So the SEC announced on Friday that it was firing Dunkey and replacing him with Dwayne Desparte, who, true story, when you type his name into Wikipedia, you get, did you mean Dune Desperate? And now I'm dying to know who <laughs> Dune Desperate is. Oh, that's actually a pretty good movie. It's um, it's about sandworm edging. I'll explain <laughs> later, Andrew. I'll explain what that means later. I'm in. It's fun, See, though. I just I assumed it was just a, a, a collective term for people who first saw that goddamn preview in September of last year. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that's a lot of acronyms. So here's what you need to know. Before 2002, although publicly traded mega corporations had to produce certain regular audits of their financials, and although those audits had to be independent, the government agency in charge of overseeing those audits was go fuck yourself. <laughs> Is that a different term for the DMV? Yeah, or, um... <laughs> for nothing. Yeah. So, uh, for our younger listeners, you might not remember that during those go-fuck-yourself days, the smartest guys in the room, Ken Lay and Jeffrey Skilling, realized that all they had to do was lie to the auditors, make it super confusing to try and follow their tracks, and they could vastly overinflate the value of their company, Enron. Right, And so they did. And so Enron did stuff like report loans that it took out, which, you know, negatively impact the company's bottom line. As if they were sales. Enron used a method that they invented called mark-to-market accounting that allowed <laughs> them to book huge present-day revenues from guesses about long-term deals that weren't scheduled to make money for decades, if ever. Yes, just complete guessing. They literally bought a water company and they were like, 800 million dollars. <laughs> Baron Harkonnen is totally going to buy us out for 800 million dollars. Like, really soon. He's from the near future. The IPO for that company had an opening stock price of $22 and it was at $2 within a couple years. But they booked a, a fake bullshit profit of 800 million the day they signed the deal. Oh, that, all true, right? And so to hide their tracks, they structured these bewildering financial deals that literally no one understood. And, um, oh, also, sometimes they just didn't report huge losses. Um, and, and you know what? Like, lying to the people who are supposed to tell investors whether you are lying or not turns out to be a really, really good strategy. Um, mm -hmm. In, in <laughs> yeah. December of 2000, Enron was rated, quote, 
the most innovative large company in America in Forbes's magazine's annual most admired companies survey. Uh, wow. Nine months later, by the way, if you're wondering about that timeline, Enron would declare bankruptcy, not usually considered <laughs> yep. a strong sign of innovation. But right up until they went bankrupt, idiot Wall Street people, like, for example, those writers at Forbes, were loving Enron. So that stock went crazy, of course, on its way to zero, like you said. <laughs> zero being actually an overvaluation. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, but so, but... Like, part of innovation is doing what nobody expects, guys. I mean, <laughs> I think Forbes nailed that. But but not even that, right? Like, as it turns out, right, not as high profile uh, until WorldCom, uh, but a bunch of other mega corporations figured out that whole lie to your auditors and incentivize them not to look too carefully at your numbers trick. And these kinds of scandals, right, Enron, WorldCom, uh, not only bankrupted the businesses themselves, but also one of the largest and formerly most respected auditing firms in the world, Arthur Anderson, which was convicted of criminal conspiracy um, that got overturned on the at the Supreme Court on a technicality, but but convicted at trial, right? Uh, declared bankruptcy and has been out of business ever since. Yeah, Arthur Anderson administered the IQ test for the smartest guys in the room. Right, right. Turns out the invisible hand that guides the IQ test doesn't really work. It cheats every time. Yeah. Right, like, like, but who watches the Watchmen Watchmen, though? I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, right. So look, in 2002, we came together as a nation, Republican president, and in bipartisan fashion enacted the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which, among other things, established the PCAOB to oversee auditors like Arthur Anderson and tell them, hey, uh, this transaction is super complicated and I don't get it, but I'm reasonably sure a public company wouldn't lie about losing money is definitely not how to run your business. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, and everything's been great ever since, right? Uh, wrong. I feel like you're uh, doing one of those rhetorical things. Yeah, it is. It is, right? Because you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016 uh, and then Trump decided to pack the SEC, with industry sycophants who, in Liz Warren's words, quote, collapsed into a pattern of non-enforcement and retaliation against whistleblowers, allowing the agency to, quote, atrophy by not replacing key vacancies due to staff resignation. Oh, um, and did I mention in 2017 the PCAOB was leaking insider information as to when it was inspecting audit firms to... One of the nation's largest auditing firms, KPMG. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, we could hire Lance Armstrong <laughs> to replace Dunkey, and it's a step up in terms of ethics. Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, would be a step up in terms of financial ethics. My powers of like, literally nobody would have been be that would have been a step up, right? Yeah, but you yeah. can't Huge, exaggerate actually. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So zero's an overvaluation <laughs> of this guy's value. <laughs> Should have shorted him. Uh, <laughs> look, so so Liz and Bernie reminded President Biden that this was a problem, and Biden listened, right? So Dunkey is gone. Warren says she's pushing for a bigger shakeup at the SEC. Uh, and then the SEC, in response to that, said that it would seek new candidates for all five of those PCAOB board member slots, e even though there are still three board members ostensibly in place, and two of those are Republicans. So uh, look for the door to hit them on the ass on the way out sometime real soon. Nice. And finally tonight, in Blog of Eternal Stench News, 
<laughs> Unemployed game show host and healthiest individual ever elected to the presidency, Donald Trump, joined with social media giants Facebook and Twitter last week in deplatforming Donald Trump <laughs> when he shut down his blog from the desk of Donald J. Trump. This is Oh, so happy about it. Okay, so the site was intended as an online hub that would allow his supporters to continue to nibble on his brain droppings despite his online damnatio memoriam or whatever. Uh, the idea was that if he controlled the website, it couldn't be shut down, which <laughs> it turned out to be wrong. Yeah, they went over the data limit on the hotspot from Giuliani's giant phone. <laughs> Otherwise, they had a strong server network, yeah, but right. yeah, this is a data limit. Locked down. So yeah, the, the blog never caught on with his intended audience, partly due to how intimidating his supporters found all those words, and partially due to the lack of flashing multicolored fonts that they're used to. Of course, the Trump team is doing everything it can to avoid saying we shut it down because nobody was reading the motherfucker, but nobody was indeed reading the motherfucker, so... Like, if that's not why you shut it down, that just makes you dumber. Uh, <laughs> sure does. But regardless of their spin, the New York Times is reporting that, quote, Mr. Trump has become frustrated after hearing from friends that the site was getting little traffic and making them look small and irrelevant. End quote. And basically the whole point of reporting this story is reading that quote. <laughs> Donald Trump takes his tiny little balls that nobody was playing with and goes <laughs> home. The failing New York Times. Our blogs have so much more readership than yours, Donald. <laughs> Our blogs still exist. <laughs> I mean, look. At the failing times. We, we, we learned from the White House's own scheduling office that what happened at the desk of Donald J. Trump was mostly just him watching Fox News. So I, yeah. I kind of feel like maybe he could have just redirected the web page over the Fox. <laughs> you now, lost him. Now, you he's, might... out of, he's out of free hour CDs. He, yes. <laughs> now, you might remember this blog from the literal months of hype that went into it, along with the grandiose in a time, in a place, there was a man trailer that announced its arrival. <laughs> it came at the end of a months-long hype train uh, from the likes of Brad Parscale and Jason Miller, who kept saying Trump was going to revolutionize the social media world. And then when the actual website came out and it had both the functionality and aesthetic of a website that Eli makes to fuck with Marsh during an ad read, they immediately <laughs> started saying that, that, like, that they still had a big website that they were working on. You know, that was the thing that they'd been hyping. This was just a temporary way for Trump to disseminate his message while they were, you know, waiting on that big thing. This is the kind of thing that one often would announce after the launch of a website. <laughs> yeah. <You> think. <laughs> See, what Trump needed to do was buy an existing website, slap the Trump logo on it, and then, uh, you know, paint the bathrooms in gold leaf or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Now, of course, if you're following the slow and humiliating disintegration of Trump's public image with the same gleeful diligence as myself, you knew this was coming. Right, last month, the Washington Post read an article with a delightful title, Trump is sliding towards online irrelevance and his new blog isn't helping, where they specifically <laughs> pointed out that his blog had a lower internet impact score than PetFinder.com and the recipe sharing site Delish. Um, not sure why they wanted to slam those two guys in particular. Yeah. Um, and pretty much immediately after that article came out, his handlers started circulating stories about how that was never really, like they didn't expect an audience on that website at all. Um, there are not, however... Delicious all bots. It's all bot accounts. <laughs> so, uh, but there are not, however, any stories about some other website or social media announcement in the offing. So the reality of it is, is that Trump took his blog and went home. 
<laughs> Donald Trump and Eli actually have a lot in common. That's funny. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Donald Trump just texted me to brag that he is the 11th highest rated president on Patreon. So, huh, there you go. We got that. <laughs> Eli does that. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Andrew Torres. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Felipe. Does Jack Black know you have his pick of destiny? El Becker, Hypatia, Eric Alsman, Egotistical Scorner, Richard Katevsky, Sterling Halauer, Stuart Blair, Sheila Warner, Christopher Barry, Tracy Chase. My mom died so that I could give you money. That's so okay. dark, dude. It's so dark. Hopefully she had a lot. Nick DiCesare, Ian from Wine Country, Petra Longfinger, It's Easier to Destroy Than to Build, Weewez, Leaving a Small Load for Ian at the Glory Hole, <laughs> Will Bennett, Mary Beth Sagato, Jason the Beeve, Jay Lynn, Jake Wolf, Key, and Atheist 101, whose beautiful dicks and vaginas are too hot. Hot damn. Call a police and a fireman. Don't believe me? Just watch. Are you guys... <laughs> I, 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 don't, <laughs> I, like, I don't get it. Uh, no ideas. Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, Uptown yeah. Funk. It's like, you know, four billion views on YouTube. It's fine. Yeah. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people... If you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slonik of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.